high performance life, helping you to perform at peak levels in every area of your life. Here's your host, Chris Sperling. Hey, this is Chris Sperling with High Performance Life. I'm here with my colleague and tech master, Aaron oh, Lindsay. That's big, big, big shoes to fill right there. Yeah. Hey, so Aaron, we had Gina Gapster. Yeah. Uh, on the show again, which, uh, golly, she is so talented. Yeah. I mean, just super smart therapist, uh, very well educated. Uh, this session, she is going to be talking about just imaging and just bringing out some things in terms of. Uh, you know, when patients go get x-rays or they get MRIs, some it, it's good and it provides great information, but she's going to go into actual movement. What, you know, it, those are great things and great tools to go by, but is it really picking up the movement that through a, through a range of motion that, you know, the MRI is not picking up. So, you know, I uh, never thought of that. That sounds interesting. It is. It's, it's very interesting. And she brings a lot of uh, information. So this is going to be a, a, a great uh, podcast just in terms of the listeners, uh, because Again, the the static, the elect, you know, the uh, X rays, the uh, MRIs, those imaging portions of what you do and go get because it's going to try to determine uh, to the physician what's wrong. Okay. So, with that, uh, you know, if you're hurting and you're hurting while you're walking, then that the MRI is really not going to show that. That's true. <laughs> so she goes into that. So this will be an exciting thing. Uh, listen to what she has to say. This is this is great information for our listeners. Cool. We're here with Gina Gapster, who is a physical therapist at Select Physical Therapy. Uh, Gina attended her undergrad at TCU and uh, studied kinesiology and movement science. Uh, she got her uh, doctorate from USC. And uh, Gina, we're glad to have you here today. Thank uh, you. We're going to go into some, uh, th these are just, I think they're just topics of, of interest that that I think that not only our audience, just regular Joes, just regular patients, uh, if you're out there, you, you really do need to pay attention to this. Gina's going to go into some of the static imaging and movement dysfunction that we have with uh, with some of the patients. So uh, with that, just just give us an overroute of what, what type of patients that you're seeing with this. And, and I guess, you know, that you, we were talking earlier about how movement, static movement, all that. Just Just give us a little insight on that. Yeah, so um, I uh, will tell you over and over again, I'm very passionate about this um, topic um, when I'm talking with my patients in the clinic um, about imaging, um, just, you know, being referred out for imaging, whether it's x-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and they'll usually come in to me, um, whether they've had imaging or not, they really try to pick my brain and kind of understand a little bit better about what the imaging may have shown, what the results were, and what it means for them. Um, a lot of the times I tell my patients that what their pain is actually coming from is not going to be a result of what we see, saw on your MRI or x-ray. Um, I think I can see the frustration in a lot of my patients' faces when they come to me and say, you know, Gene, I've been in, in pain for whatever, however long it might be. It might be a couple weeks, might be a couple months, might be a couple years, and they finally go to their um, MD and, you know, go through their series of imaging results, come to me and say it was negative. Um, I feel defeated. I don't understand. I don't feel believed that I'm actually in pain because nothing was positive on these uh, images. So um, I go into a big um, educational component of my job. I feel that is 
is really important to stress to patients that more often than not, and I'm willing to even say maybe 75% or higher of my patients who are experiencing pain in their everyday life truly do not have any tissue damage, but it is a result of some sort of movement dysfunction. So we kind of give that an overall broad um title of movement dysfunction saying that whether it's a lack of mobility, a lack of flexibility, a lack of endurance, stability, strength, power, whatever it is in their body is causing them to have this pain or this, you know, impairment during their daily activity or sport or whatever it might be. So that's when I, I tell them, um, I, I'm okay if you want to go get an imaging, uh, a, an image. Um, some people feel like that will verify um, for them, just kind of say, yes, something wrong maybe something we can't see there but I really say I don't need it because I'm not trading that impairment I'm trading um, your um, symptoms yeah. you know what is your symptom what are you presenting with me here today and that's my treatment one person might come in with a, um, a, a shoulder impingement person a person B I might treat them completely different because I have to find the source of why do you have the shoulder impingement not the shoulder impingement in general um, so I just I like to, to verify my patient I believe you know that you're in pain I don't need that image it might be negative it might be positive um, and that kind of brings me right into a um, awesome bar graph that I probably bring out more than I should to show my patients just because it's a visual that they can see um, it actually was a study done in 2014 and um, it's a percentage of abnormal findings on lumbar spine MRI and CT images in healthy pain-free subjects. So that means they found a huge group of pain-free subjects, um, groups of 20 in their 20s, their 40s, their 60s, and their 80s, and they did images on them. And I think this big scary term in a lot of my patients with spine pain mm -hmm. will say, Gina, I have a bulging disc. And I say, that's okay. That is all right with me. I am totally fine. You know what? Let's let's go ahead and look at this together. So I'm just going to say just the bulging disc. This compares a lot of different things, disc degeneration, disc protrusion, facet degeneration, but just the disc bulge because I think that that's a scary term um, for lots of my patients. Um, so again, this is abnorm um, abnormal findings, but these are healthy, pain-free individuals. People in their 20s, if you take this group, 30% of them have bulging discs. People in their 40s, 50% of them have bulging discs. People in their 60s, 70%. And then people in their 80s, 85% of this. Wow. So you all of a sudden are doing something, maybe working out in your yard. Ouch, my back hurts. You mm -hmm. go in for your imaging. They say you have a bulging disc and people are starting to think that's why I have my pain, mm -hmm. even though you could have had that before that pain started. So when I see you, I got to find out why you're in pain now and why you weren't in pain before. So so explain to me, even though they, they might have a bulge, that's not a that's not a surgery type candidate, right? No. I mean, that is something that, uh, yeah, it's going to it's going to hurt. But that's why they would come to you right. basically to find out exactly we get you we, right. you've got a bulge but right. that's not a, a, a rush into surgery right exactly right. and there's a time and a place you know something may have been aggravated or it may have um, been pushed out more and now is impinging in your spinal cord and now we're getting ridiculous pain down the legs yep try conservative management first unless there's a huge huge you know um, uh, risk if you don't go into surgery and get that um, uh, 
operated on that try that conservative management because a lot of the times it's not it pushing on it in general it's the forces and the tissue restrictions around that disc that are really causing your symptoms maybe just some neural tension coming more uh, from distal structures tightness of the muscles weakness of the core that's causing every time you sit down for that to be pushed back but if we can change your body mechanics we can change the flexibility the stability your strength around it we can oftentimes get rid of those symptoms so sometimes it is sometimes it is you know a surgi- surgical intervention is warranted right. and if I see some of those symptoms when you come into me for your evaluation I will absolutely refer you out and say you know I think this might be a little bit more on the serious side let's go ahead and just get some imaging and make sure nothing else is being compromised that you need to get some some other assistance in so on your graph right there you're showing of course 60 and up it's it starts to really elevate 70 um, percent yeah do you do you just from a personal standpoint do you think that that is due to uh, non-flexibility maybe strength they have some weakness there's the strength the whole yeah, you know, I would say, um, unfortunately, um, as we age, uh, there are a lot of things that don't work in our benefit. Uh, gravity in general, so this is on the spine. We're vertical humans, so everything is pushing down a little bit. So if we're pushing down and we're decreasing that space between our bones, where's that disc got to go? It's yeah. going to go somewhere, right. and it's going to push backwards more often than not. Right. Um, so all of these are just kind of a general, you know, general um, aging um, factors, and then obviously decondition, lack of mobility, people who aren't um, keeping up with their health and as far as physical fitness, um, they're probably going to fall into these a little bit quicker right. than others. Yes, but that sometimes it's just inevitable with age. Right. And and two, you can expand on this, but I'm sure weight gain, uh, yep. nutrition, yep. all of that comes into play yep. because that puts so much, I mean, even you think about five or 10 pounds put on that back, uh, at that that's huge. I typically tell my patients the two areas that just in my clinical experience thus far, I'm sure there's studies to back it up that once people start to gain weight, the two areas I see pain um, present is your back and your knees. You know, the joints are only built to tolerate so much. So if, if we're not addressing that, then they're definitely going to start to talk to you. That's probably why my back <laughs> and my knees hurt. <laughs> no. So, but, but I do think going back to what you said, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. We had talked about this off mic, but uh, going, you know, the stat uh, imaging part of it, uh, you know, you, you look at that and you say, well, it's negative. You know, we're not having any pain, but it's like, you, you know, it could be vice versa too. They get out and they start moving and it's like, but I have pain when I'm going through this range of motion right. or I'm, whatever it may right, be right. Uh, and, and, and it could be vice versa right so exactly. you know how, how would you address something like that sure um, so I think um, with this kind of bulging disc and any type of spinal injury um, they can come to me and say you know the imaging was positive they did find a bulging disc and I'm in pain mm-hmm. so I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll treat them they say gene I'm 100% I'm back to my normal activities they go back to their doctor doctor maybe says let's just do another MRI just to see if anything's changed and they come back to me and they're like I don't get it nothing's changed it's still there and I say well like you said what the image says is, is static it doesn't show movements so it's not showing any of the forces right. it's not showing the forces the pushing out on that spinal cord you know uh, it's not showing your muscle um, strength it's not showing your uh, stability it's not showing your flexibility um, so we changed all of those forces those torques that you were that were causing your symptoms before we didn't actually change the disc we may have been able to centralize it slightly but we didn't actually change that because that wasn't it's not able to completely 100% recentralize with physical therapy. Right. So uh, give us give us give us a little bit of an insight. So we've got let's just use an example. We've got a patient you've got referred to you. They're they're have a, a bulge. They come in. What would be your method of treatment? Just in terms of uh, 
you know, do you do you put heat on them? Do you mm-hmm. ice them? Do you do traction? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, give us a little insight yeah, on maybe your... absolutely. Like I talked about before, each patient is different. There's a lot of factors to take into consideration and their activity level, um, pre-existing conditions, mm-hmm. you know, pre-morbid, um, what they were doing before the injury as well. But um, first of all, it, most importantly, um, because everyone presents differently, is, is my um, assessment, my objective measures that I'm taking. Um, do they have a directional preference? Do they have some instabilities, some weaknesses going on? And I'm going to I'm going to address that. So big with lumbar spine is making sure that the above and below um, the um, area of pain or impairment is moving and functioning well. Mm-hmm. Because if the upper spine or the hips aren't doing their job, they're going to resort to the back to try to overcompensate with it. Gotcha. So the core, the core is huge. I tell patients your core is like a six-sided box. You have the front, you have the back, you have your obliques, you have your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. If we forget one of those six, then you're going to have some sort of dysfunction function or pain. So we're working a lot on stability, a lot on flexibility and strength of your hips and then mobility of the rest of your spine to take the pressure off of your lumbar spine. Modalities are great. If patients love heat or they love ice, I'm definitely going to incorporate that in, Mm -hmm. but that's a little bit more of a passive treatment and I'm an active therapist. They want to get back to playing tennis again. We're not going to keep them on the table on the TENS unit for 30 minutes when that's not their goal is to get back to laying on the table. So I make sure that maybe if we need to decrease their pain at the beginning, of the treatment session, get them feeling a little bit better, maybe some soft tissue needling, cupping, everything we had talked yeah. about before, but then let's get them moving. Let's find what their impairments are and really address those. Okay. This is this is really interesting because it's, it's something that um, you hear on the street, you hear everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you, I mean, because the back pain issue is, is obviously the opiate, that's a huge issue. Uh, I, you know, uh, you With see the, it. With the pain medications, they're yeah. treating their, their symptoms, not the source. Right. Um, so it'll definitely do the trick as they're trying to manage physical therapy and all the torture that is involved right. in it, people will tell us, um, but not long-term. Yeah. It's just not used for long-term. But but it's interesting. It's like if you really want to uh, get yourself better yeah. and understand, I would highly recommend uh, – seeing a therapist a physical therapist mm-hmm. somebody who has properly been trained uh like yourself uh that can come in and and bring patients in and and really do a top-notch assessment uh you know and a lot of the doctors rely on you guys to give them uh a, a finding and some assessment as mm-hmm. as that and i know you've got a huge following with some of the physicians and and that is fantastic because uh, in this day and age it, going back to the surgery thing that that having back surgery is is uh you know it's it's hard it's 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 hard to come back from that right I kind of joke with some of my students sometimes. um, We have a couple contracts with some motor vehicle accident insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll come in and their diagnosis is one of three things, cervical strain, thoracic strain, or lumbar strain. And now it's our job to really develop a stronger diagnosis of what's going on. Um, They've usually been to the hospital right after the car accident. They've gotten the MRIs, the CT scans, and everything's negative. They might be sent home with some narcotics, some muscle relaxers, which make them feel good temporarily but then they come off of them and they realize they're still in pain. So then they come to me and it's unfortunate that I'm seeing them six, eight, ten weeks after because as soon as I just get them moving again and I explain it's motion is lotion. Mm-hmm. You just have to start moving and as soon as that they can get that verification from me and they feel safe that mm-hmm. okay I can turn my head and although it might be a little uncomfortable it's actually going to benefit me and usually by the 15th 20 repetition of that they're already telling me in their first or second treatment session wow I'm feeling better already. 
they yeah. just didn't realize they didn't know that it's okay to go and do those things because their body's telling them I'm in pain so they're gonna stop doing it that's right. the body's first response that's harmful I don't want to do it right yeah yeah so uh, let's Let's lay this out. So let's say that I came to you and we had maybe 10, 10 treatments. You got me feeling better. It feels great. Right. You know, back feels great. So tell our, tell our audience um, how beyond this, because you're only going to get so many visits, is there any other types of, uh, I know you're going to give them some exercises. There could be some products out there. Um, just, just give us a little insight of sure. what you would recommend going yeah. forward after after their treatment here, because they're you, you're going to make them feel great here. I get that, <laughs> but what's going to happen when they get discharged from here? Yeah, I always tell patients on their first visit that my goal is to make you become your own PT, for you to understand your own body and be able to recognize when things are not normal, so that we can catch them before it comes a problem. So I would say by the time you're out of here, a typical patient is going to been having given by me at least three or four home exercise programs mm -hmm. progressed when it's appropriate. When they walk out that door, I say, you're not done. You don't get to stop doing those things. We just introduce them to you for the first time. Right. So I kind of give this analogy of a water bucket. We're given this empty water bucket when we're born. And every time we do something that's not so great for our body, whether it's eating unhealthy, not living an active lifestyle, not stretching, not doing those things, our bucket starts to fill up. And for so long, we can actually tolerate things. You know, mm -hmm. when you're a young kid, you can do a lot of not healthy things for your body and you'll feel great but finally you're going to reach the top and once that last drop comes in it's going to overflow and you're going to be in pain yeah. the only way we can continuously drain that bucket open that spigot is by continuously doing these things that are good for you stretching eating healthy exercising you know strengthening doing these things but if you just stop when you're out of here that bucket's going to fill it's right up right yeah exactly yep. so continuing all of those things and i will give them as many resources as they need and also contact me you know email me call me with any questions and with direct access day one you feel a little bit of pain it doesn't go away come in here before it comes a problem and we'll see if it's something we can address again so uh you just mentioned something direct access yeah. let's just quickly go over that because yep. that that's huge i mean because you the patients can come here without getting a, a prescription is that correct that is absolutely correct yeah okay. so they can come to me and in the state of tennessee we have uh, 30 days as long as they're showing continuously progress you know progressions are being made 30 days to treat them without a physician script at that point if we feel like we're really making some recovery we just need a little bit of time all i need to do is send that progress note or that reevaluation over to their physician it can be a primary care it can be someone else who has seen you for this type of dis dysfunction before and they just need to sign it and then we can continue on okay yep before referring back out and, and get, getting additional um, okay. intervention yeah well listen this has been a this has been a, a, a great really this has given us some insight uh, especially to those those people out there who are experiencing pain right now uh, lower back pain uh, I think we're gonna do another uh, another podcast here with uh, a neck uh, just kind of dig a little bit deeper into that uh, that seems to be somewhat overriding some of the lumbar because everybody's looking at their cell phones <laughs> down and their iPads. So, uh, so Gina, we appreciate you being here today. Thank and you. Uh, I hope this has helped our audience and uh, some of the people out there who are maybe a little skeptical about coming into physical therapy or they're, you know, they're having some pain. And I, I get it. I've, I've been there. It, it, it may hurt for a minute, but it's, you've got to understand that you've got to see what is transitioning from a whole physical and kinesiology standpoint yeah so thank well listen you. appreciate you being here and uh thank you appreciate it all right, all right that was gina gapster and uh wow that was some great information and um uh, 
I, I just, you know, I, I encourage our listeners. I mean, Gina's here in Nashville, but uh, I, I think she just she brings a different perspective to the whole physical therapy in terms of just that whole imaging. That that was some good information, Aaron. That was good and, and eye opening to a lot of things that I never even thought of. Yeah. And Gina's awesome, and she is going to be. Uh, she's this is her second time on the show already, right? And I know she's coming back. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Soon. So. I think our listeners will hear more from Gina. Absolutely. Coming up. Yep, absolutely. Well, we appreciate everybody listening, and we will be back next week. You've been listening to High Performance Life with Chris Sperling. Listen each week and raise your level of performance in each area of your life. Thanks for listening.